I like turtles. Welcome back into another episode of the North Pole Pod. I am Tyler North. I'm Rob Hardesty. And uh, a little bit of a somber mood, I guess you can say. I know we were kind of both pulling for San Diego State. We're watching the end of the game right now. There's a minute 20 left as we record this episode. I know you, you know, on our last episode picked UConn to win it all. Um, but I think we were both kind of pulling for the upset with San Diego State. What's your uh, what's your takes on on the game and I guess, you know, of the seasons thus far? Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree with the somber mood. One, you know, it's the last basketball game of the year. I'm sure my girlfriend's probably pretty excited about that. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, SDSU had a chance. They made it interesting, got it within five. And then, you know, UConn, again, just continues to answer and, and separate again. And, and it makes that, you know, that comeback really tough. Um, you yeah, know, I but you said it, it's, it's the marking of a really good team. And, you know, we've seen that throughout this tournament. They're clicking. Um, congrats to UConn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was a team that we've talked about it time and time again that went through a little bit of a speed bump back in January where they lost six of eight games. Um, and then they pretty much haven't looked back since then. Uh, this is a team that did not lose to a single team outside of the Big East. And I think that's incredible. You know, you go into these conference games, you're going to have dog bites. You're going to have teams that know you like the back of the book. And it's, you know, it's just going to be an absolute gruel for 40 minutes. But what they're able to do in the non-conference is uh, – it's pretty remarkable um, to put yeah. it lightly, but you yeah. mentioned, you mentioned the timely runs. We were watching this game. It got down to five and then Jordan Hawkins hits a very big three to, in my opinion, pretty much seal, yep. seal it at that point. Yeah. That was pretty much the dagger. It was uh 60 to 55. He hits the three to bump it to 63, 55 and UConn never looked back. They're up 14 with a minute to go right now. Um, and one thing we touched on, Uh, I think in previous episodes very briefly was how young this team is. This team is going to be returning pretty much every single player. I think Calcaterra is gone and Newton's gone, but outside of that, every single guy is coming back. Klingon's only a freshman. Um, Hawkins and Sonogo will be there. Jackson will be back. a freshman. Caravan's a freshman. So this team will be right at the top um, of the rankings when the preseason poll comes out. Um, So look for them to, to possibly repeat next year as well. I I wouldn't be surprised of that. Um, but just to touch on San Diego State really quickly, I mean, what a run for Brian Dutcher uh, and, and his Aztecs. First Mountain West team to ever reach not only the Final Four, but the championship game as well, which is is absolutely remarkable. Um, you know, they were a very experienced team, and they just kind of ran into a buzzsaw. You know, we talked about the runs that UConn had. We talked about Miami. You know, Miami got it down to eight. UConn went on a 7 run to bump that to 15. Gonzaga got kind of close, and then Timmy picked up the foul. Um, so it's it's just one of those things where time and time again, UConn came up with a timely shot and a timely run when they needed to. And we never saw this team really contested. Maybe yeah. a little bit tonight, but overall, not really. Yeah, I was going to say I was interested in, in hoping to see UConn have, you know, play a little bit of, against some game pressure, you know, down the stretch because they haven't really faced that um, all tournament, you know, compared to San Diego State, who seems if it's if it's purposeful to be down 12 and then have this amazing comeback and, and, and get back into the game. Um, unfortunately, you know, they couldn't pull it out tonight. I think, you know, we talk about San Diego state's defense. We went, we need to highlight UConn's defense, especially in the last three games, um, you know, holding Gonzaga and Miami, both under 60 points. Um, looks like it hasn't gone final yet, but San Diego is still sitting at 59. Um, so 
credit to their defense as well. And obviously, you know, just their offensive firepower is just too much to to keep up with. Yeah, and that that was the thing. You knew UConn had the offensive firepower with Sonogo and with Hawkins, but nobody really talked about this defense, which was a top five uh, defense when looking at defensive efficiency coming yep. into the tournament. Um, and this is a team that, even though they were seeded number four, I think a lot of people probably looked at them as like possibly a one or a two seed with the caliber of play that they had had all year. Like we said, they had a couple speed bumps, but really and truly, this was a team that had the mark of one of the top tier teams in the entire country. And, you know, they really showcased it in this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I would say who who right now, uh, like I said, there's 30 seconds left in this game. I would say Sonogo is probably the tournament's most outstanding player. I don't think there's anything to take away from it. The guy is just an absolute beast down low. I've never seen a big man take over a uh, an entire tournament the way Sonogo did with his rebounding, with his blocking, with his point scoring ability. Just absolutely dom- what, what What was the term you used in the last episode? <laughs> a domination. There it is. And, yep. and that's just one of those things that, you can't really teach, you know, when you have that knack and you have that feel for the entire paint and the entire area around you and you're able to capitalize on it, there's nothing that can stop you, especially when you're hot and you're that, that, that bucket is like, you know, the size of a giant crater, uh, you know, everything's just going in. It seemed to be, you know, no answer for him. Like you said, it's hard to argue that. Um, Good on Danny Hurley. I, I will give him his credit. You know, he's he when he came in, one of the things he told one of the things he said in his press conference was, you know, the Big East better get a hold of us now because after this, we're coming for you. And sure enough, you know, he was able to. And the other thing, he has put the national championship billboard basically on the floor when they're warming up every single game. And that way they will not lose focus. It was in there. It was in their hotel. It was in their locker room. It was everywhere. So they would not lose focus. And you know, I heard him talking on how college basketball is a lot different now, you know, with the NIL and with all the other stuff with social media and things that go around, go around. There's a lot of distractions um, that that can really suck the life out of teams. Uh, and there's 15 seconds left and they just put the final on the scoreboard, which I thought was kind of funny. But UConn will cut down the nets as we count down five, four, three, two, one. The Connecticut Huskies are your 2023 NCAA basketball national champions. Fair stores, enough. Uh, stores will be rocking tonight, to put it lightly. Yes, absolutely. One of the questions I do have for you, just in regards um, you know, to Connecticut and, and kind of the program as a whole is, and we touched on this, where does this program now rank You know, in at least the last 25 years? Are they the best program in college basketball the last 25 years? I think you probably got to oh. give them the nod. I would I would say so, especially if you're going based off you know national titles. I think what that's number five now. Um, yeah, they had it ninety eight, two thousand four, two thousand and ten, and then eleven, 20, eleven and fourteen. I wanted to say eleven and fourteen or ten and fourteen. Uh, yep. Shabazz and, and Kemba years, and now twenty twenty three. Um, so yeah, just you know the other thing that I think is remarkable is this is their third straight coach that's won a national championship because you had Calhoun, then you had Ollie, and now you've got Hurley. Yep. And they're storming the floor at Gamble Pavilion right now in Stores, Connecticut. Um, great scene there. Like I said, I'm sure Stores will be rocking up until the sun comes up. And I'm sure this week, you know, the Connecticut Huskies will have a nice parade or a couple of parades planned for them. I was talking about it with my uh, with my fiance. It's crazy to think about a year ago. We were watching Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse win it all. And, uh, and now a year later, we're watching UConn cut down the nets. Um, but, you know, for a tournament that everybody was like, oh, this is not good for college basketball. We're getting too many upsets. The best teams aren't there. I felt like this was the best team of the tournament, and rightfully so. They're cutting down the nets at the end. Yeah, I mean, 
uh, Hurley's son, I think, played in every tournament game this year. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. That, and so, if you're not familiar with that, he's a walk-on on the team. Yeah. So he got in in garbage minutes. But the fact that he was able to step floor on the game or on, on step court, step foot on the court every single game uh, just shows you how much they dominated every single team. This was another, what, 17, 16-point victory. They've won every game by an astounding fashion. I mean, what was it over Miami? 15 or 17 there, 16, 17 in the national championship. Arkansas was an absolute beat down. Iona and St. Mary's work and Zaga was a 28 point win. Just, yeah, I, I was going to say, I wanted to say, I think it was uh, an average margin of points uh, on their victories, about 20, 21 points or so um, yeah, going 20, into tonight. I think it was 20.3. 20.3. Um, yeah. They, they were outscoring opponents by 103 points in their first five games. And now I think this hits the 120 marker or really close to it. So would, would you would you say that uh, their hardest test was uh, round of 64 against Iona in the first it, half? Well, that and I also look at the St. Mary's game because St. Mary's was up 35-31 on UConn at halftime and Dukas got hurt in that game. And I think that that was a major turning point in that game. But yeah, that and the Iona game, they were down in both of those games at halftime. And uh, or, or UConn, I think UConn had a three against St. Mary's, my bad, to go up at half. But by uh, two, I want to say maybe, but yeah, yeah. Newton, Newton long, hit a big three. A lot of basketball ago. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've watched a ton of basketball over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the first half of those two games were really a wake up call because ever since then, I mean, they've won every single half and they've won it very convincingly. Like it hasn't even been close in a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm happy for UConn. I'm upset, you know, my future lost and I was really pulling for San Diego State the whole time on this kind of Cinderella run, even though they were a five seed and one of the best teams in the country ranked all year. Um, but, you know, good on UConn. They were the best team in this tournament and the best team is cutting down the nets at the end. And that's what you want. You know, you and want that-, that in all sports that the best team ends up taking reign uh, when it's all said and done. So good on UConn for that. Yep. Like you said, despite the parody and, and um, you know, maybe some of the ratings or whatever, the best team I think did win. Um yeah, one one of the things um, that I do, you know, now that the season's over, everybody always wants to say, all right, well, who's next year? Who we got next year? Who's the top 25 next year? Um, you know, there's been a lot of news of guys coming back. There's been a lot of news of guys transferring, guys using an extra year of eligibility. Um, you know, you've got teams like Creighton returning a lot. We talked about Marquette is going to be returning a lot as well. Duke got news this week with Mark Mitchell and Tyrese Proctor both coming back. It's looking like Filipowski's also going to come back as well. So Duke's going to be up there. I love this UConn team going into next year. They're only losing, like we said, Tristan Newton and Calcaterra. Everybody else is going to come back. And if you're going to have all season of this kind of Adama Sanogo, National Player of the Year is not out of the out of the realm for him next year. I could absolutely see him winning, winning National Player of the Year. And honestly, I could see this team cutting down the nets again. They are absolutely flawless on both ends of the court. The only thing they're probably going to be missing is Newton in that point guard role. But what's your take on uh, on some of the teams going into next year? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, there could be a make for a back-to-back national um, title winner with uh, UConn next year. I'd simply just bet on the probability that, you know, it's so hard to fucking do. And, and you mentioned a few other teams like Creighton and, um, you know, FAU. Is that crazy to think, you know, if they return everybody too, can they can they do it again, make another deep run? I don't know. Um, Maryland, you know, we talked about the Terps. Yeah. Obviously, we're biased, but... You know, news is coming out tomorrow with Dante Scott, whether or not he's going to return. If you return him and you've got Jameer Young, Dante Scott coming back, a top 15 recruiting class, 
There's been rumors of Hunter Dickinson maybe coming to Maryland. If that were to happen, you got to throw the Terps up there as well. Uh, Miami. Miami is a team that's going to be returning yep. Wong, Omir, Jordan Miller. I know they lose Pack, but for the most part, they're returning a big bulk of their roster yep. as well. And, and they'll be pretty experienced, um, you know, to top that off. So Yeah, an Elite Jordan 8 run Miller last year. year. Yep. What's elite that? Eight run, elite 8 run last year and then a Final Four run this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all kinds of experience there. Um, it's definitely going to be a fun year, um, you know, next year when, when we start to dissect everything that's going to happen in the transfer, transfer portal and, um, you know, guys that, like I said, are going to be using that extra year of eligibility because that's – I think this is the end of that with the with the COVID year. Um, we're starting to get to the end of it where guys are using that extra year of eligibility. If you're unaware, um, so when COVID happened, they gave every player an extra year of eligibility with what happened that year. Um, so guys have been taking advantage of that and coming back for a six – Sometimes guys are coming back for seventh years. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. And like I said, with the transfer transfer portal um, as well, it's been an awesome tournament though. I mean, you know, we talked about some of the buzzer beaters. Uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about San Diego state in the final four, um, you know, hitting the buzzer beater against FAU. That was an absolutely monumental moment. And when that happened, obviously I was ecstatic for, for San Diego State. But the first thing that you think about is, man, they got to come back off that emotional high and get ready for a championship game in 48 hours. And it's so tough to do that. Yep. We saw it with Gonzaga. Strawler hit the buzzer beater. They come out and lay an egg against who else but UConn. Um, Furman. Furman hits the game-winning shot against Virginia, comes out, lays a duck against uh, San Diego State. So I kind of saw this coming. But, you know, like we said, San Diego State gave it a fight. They got it within five late in this game. And uh, the wheels just kind of fell off the bus there late in the game. And UConn hit their timely shots and got timely stops. Yep, absolutely. Ultimately, you know, I think that 11-minute drought in the first half obviously didn't do them any favors. Um, I think they were forcing a lot of shots. It was tough getting the ball over those seven-footers of UConn. And, um well, I think a yeah. lot of it was also their three-point shooting. Like San Diego State isn't a team that is really known for their three-point shooting, and they were shooting way too many threes in that first half because they had dug themselves such a large deficit and, and couldn't score the ball and couldn't get the ball in the hoop, and they were just chucking up threes. And I think that that was not their game. You know, UConn, they were playing fast, which isn't their game as well, which UConn wanted to do. UConn wanted to run. Um, so it, it – that didn't bode well for them, and they dug themselves that hole that inevitably they just couldn't crawl out of. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I will say really quickly, Jordan Hawkins, D.C. guy or Maryland guy from Gaithersburg, and then Angel Reese, who just won the national championship for LSU last night. Both of them are, I think they're cousins, and they you know grew up playing against each other and everything. There's another piece to that puzzle in Julian Reese, and I want to see if he can be cut down the nets next <laughs> next year for the Terps. That would be awesome to we'll see Andrew to Reese see and Jordan Hawkins watching Julian Reese. That that would be awesome to see next year. Keep um, an eye out for that storyline. But we did say, you know, at the beginning when we started this pod that we were going to look at other sports as well. Um, and we do have the Masters coming up. You know, we just had opening day. Uh, you know, this is a really fun time of the year. The weather's starting to get warmer. Um, but Rob and I are both big golf guys. And, you know, we we do look ahead to, to certain sporting events. And the Masters is one of my favorite events, probably behind March Madness. It's, it's right up there. Um, and I'm just excited this year. You know, you've got the Live versus PGA kind the, of cloud. The two, over- tour, the two tour, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kind of battling it with each other. And I was listening to some of the live guys talk about how, um, you know, nobody in on the tours are really talking about the rivalry between PGA and live. It's all the media. I find that I, I don't agree with that. I think that there is a little bit of a cloud 
over the live guys and, and definitely a little animosity from the PGA guys toward them. Um, but yeah, as we look toward the masters, you know, any picks, any guys that really stand out for you that, that you think could be wearing the green jacket come Sunday? Well, I'd like to highlight, uh, you know, Jim Nance's last uh, game uh, in the in college basketball, but we get him for the masters. Um, so, you know, don't, uh, don't be too saddened by that. You know, he'll still be covering other sports um, as far as I know. Um, I think, you know, uh, we did a pool. We can maybe highlight some of our picks if you'd like thus far. Um, I like, you know, Cam Young as at the value. I'm seeing 33 to one in my book here. Um, I think I saw it know, at 30 to one or 29 to one. 30, so right around that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that number. Um, you know, he was super hot in the match play a couple weeks ago. I think he's two of, of his last three majors. He's finished in the top five, something like that. Um, so he's playing well, he can drive the ball. Um, I think he's top 10 um, iron play as well, which he's going to need. And, and obviously, uh, you know, putting the ball is going to be is going to be difficult here at Augusta. But um, I, I like the 30 to one there. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think that you mentioned a couple of things there, you know, driving distance and uh, and, and the, the iron play strokes gained approach um, is, is going to be very key uh, in, in the Masters. Um, I really like Jordan Spieth. I don't think that there's any thing that tells me to go against him. I think he's been revving up for a good master's run. Um, we've seen him get really close here recently and just hasn't been able to to crack through. And I think that this might be the chance that uh, that Jordan Speed does crack through and, and get his second green jacket. Um, another guy that I really like a little bit farther on down is Sung JM, um, the, the Korean product. He's finished second at the master's. Uh, he's one of the best iron players in the world. And uh, his, his putting, if it's on, it's, it's really good. I think lag putting is going to be a huge thing. And I know Xander is, is really good at that. Obviously, mm-hmm. the big guns with Scotty, Rory, and and and, uh, and John Rahm, you know, those are the three best odds right now to win it all. I, it's so tough to go back-to-back. You know, we're talking about it with college basketball. Kansas yep. wasn't able to do it this year. We haven't had a back-to-back Masters champion since Tiger in, uh, in 2001-2002. So I don't think Scotty – excuse me, wins, but I could, I could absolutely see Scotty, you know, wearing the screen jacket when it's all said and done. He's, he's the best player in the world right now. Yeah. What do you think of his uh, master's dinner, by the way? Did you peek at his menu? I did briefly. I don't really remember too much of it. I did see um, on the back of it or at the bottom, it said, live guys, meet me on the ninth green. And I thought that that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Is that a little happy Gilmore uh, reference? Or oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. When Shooter Just McGavin wanted... says, Hey, meet me yeah. on the ninth grade for a little special uh, introduction or something like that. And then the sprinklers yeah. go off, but yeah, oh, so, yeah I, I like that. I, I it's just it, in every sport, it's so tough to go back to back because you went from being the hunter to the hunted uh, in a matter of, of 12 months. Um, but yeah, as we pivot away, you know, from the masters, so Cam Young, Jordan Speed, Sung JM, anybody else you want to throw out as, as a possibility? Um, I, I think I picked uh, Cameron Smith, live guy. Um, so I don't, I don't love that, but uh, I did pick him in our pool. He's uh, had some great, great, great finishes there in the past three years at Augusta. Um, great young player. I, I like him a lot. So I would mention him. He won the Open Championship last year as well, so he's got that that pedigree. He won the Players mm-hmm. as well, so he's he's been big tournaments. He's won big tournaments. Um, so yeah, let's go, Cam Smith, Cam Young. You're on board the Camerons, and uh, and I'll go with Jordan Spieth and Sung JM. We'll see what happens. But uh, but any final thoughts? You know, as we wrap up the bracket, as we wrap up a, a college basketball season, it's crazy to think about. We're about seven and a half, about seven months away actually uh, from from our first games. 
uh, from tip off next season. Um, what I'd love to do, you know, in the off season is obviously get some guests on here, but uh, I think one thing, Rob and I are going to try and do is definitely hit some different arenas um, next year, because I think that that would be something that we can really add, you know, going to to bigger games or maybe not even bigger games, but going to some of the mid majors that that they might have a big game at their arena that night and getting to see some, some of these guys in action before the tournament starts. But, um, but yeah, overall with the tournament and with college basketball as a whole, like I said, any final thoughts, anything that's kind of brewing on your mind as we, uh, as we segue off? Uh, well, Recency bias, I lost all my wagers tonight, so the under did not hit, obviously. Um, <laughs> looking forward to next year. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, I, you know, one of the things with us being Terps fans that I think really brings something to the fold is I think we found our coach with Kevin Willard, and I think that, you know, the Terps with the recruiting class coming in and guys coming back, I think that they're primed for a a, a good run in the NCAA tournament. Who knows? You know, with upsets galore like we saw this year, you can be a one seed and not even make the Elite Eight. Every single one seed did not make the Elite Eight. A lot of firsts this year, you know, with that and FAU making their first Final Four, S- San Diego State making their first Final Four, Miami making their first Final Four. Yeah. A lot of I, a lot I, of firsts. I think we could see, um, you know, a lot of people talk about college basketball changing. So I think we can see a similar tournament next year as well. Um, we'll, we'll see what shakes out with transfers and you know, portal and all that stuff. But I, I think that you could really start to have a, a shift in college basketball where there's a lot of teams that play that can win it in March or yeah, early right. April now. And that's what we we saw this year. And I know everybody talks about where it's like, oh, the parody of college basketball, the parody of college basketball. But really and truly, it was on full display this year. Um, you didn't have a one, two or three seed in the final four. And, and the team that cut it down was ranked, you know, pretty highly at one point in time, went through a little bit of a stretch where, you know, they, they were trying to find themselves. And then when, when they turned the corner, when they clicked, boy, did they ever. And, you know, they lost that Big East game by one or two, I think, to Marquette right at the buzzer. And I felt like that was a huge turning point for them because they got their loss out of the way. They know that they can compete with any team in the country. And they know that they're the bet, one of the best teams in the country. And Dan Hurley really bought into that and just oozed confidence. We saw it when they won their final four game against Miami. He came to the locker room and said, I'm not happy. Like, this is where we expected to be. We've still got a job to do. And yep. uh, that, that, that really showed me that, you know, they weren't settling for anything less than a championship uh, at, at this stage in the tournament. Awesome. Well, other than that, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and sign off a little quick episode. We wanted to get out um, as we were watching the end of the national championship. We wanted to to give you all our immediate thoughts as the game was ticking down um, between UConn and San Diego state. Once again, you know, congratulations to the UConn Huskies on a fifth championship in the last 25 years, which is crazy to think about every five years they're getting a national championship. Um, But other than that, you know, definitely stick with us through the off season because as we've talked about, we're going through everything from the transfer portal portal to coaches changes to preseason rankings. Um, We'll definitely do, uh, some rankings of our own. We'll, we'll have preview episodes for each conference. Um, but other than that, for Rob, I am Tyler signing off here from the North Pole Pod. Catch you next time.